I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger traveling Welcome to this podcast from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. Faith Bible Church is a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry dedicated to bringing the good news of the gospel to the whole world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now for this week's message. Visiting Bobby Grossi, who's uh, crossing. Alan and Gina's son-in-law. So, Bobby, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. I'm sorry I'm here under such circumstances. Um, it's uh, I spoke to Alan um, not many days before he passed, and uh, I just want to let you know how encouraged he was about this church. Of course, he was asking me to preach when I was supposed to come up and visit, um, but we talked for quite a bit of time beforehand, and uh, he was so excited um, about you guys and about what the Lord was doing here, and just know that. I couldn't help when we were singing, um, bless the Lord, oh my soul, when it says my strength is failing and the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending 10,000 years and then forevermore. About how Alan, when we sing these songs, we're joining him in worship. Where he's currently at right now, singing, I just pictured him singing. He'd sing up here. Now I picture Alan being much less conservative in heaven than he was here. I don't know why, I just do. I think his hands were much higher raised and there was many theological debates that Alan and I had over the years, and uh, one of the things I think he would tell me if he could speak from heaven is that I was right <sighs> on many of these things. If you would, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As you're turning there... Um, in the movie, The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe, they are walking through an area, um, walking to Aslan to meet Aslan for the first time, and they come across the sounds of what they think to be the white witch, and so they run and they hide, and it turns out to be the beaver goes up to check out the scene. I don't know if you've seen the movie. If you haven't or read the book, you need to. Um, it's amazing. Goes up to check it out, and it turns out to be Father Christmas, and he gives gifts, and most would say that C.S. Lewis meant that that represented the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit that we currently have as Christians. And he says to them after he gives them to him, he says, these are tools, not toys, bear them wisely. And we would do well to remember those words in regards to the gift that God has given us. My main point this morning is you are a gift with a gift to be a gift. Everybody got that? 
Okay, so I want you to say it with me, but turn it personal. I'm say, I'm a gift with a gift to be a gift. Ready? Count of three. One, two, three. I'm a gift with a gift to be a gift. Good. My first point, you are a gift. Who you are is God's gift of grace. In 1 Corinthians 12, the context is the Apostle Paul is responding to a letter. We see in 1 Corinthians 7, chapter 7, verse 1, he says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote about. And so he's writing them these things that he's telling them, like they said, Hey, what do we do about this? And what do we do about this? And this guy's doing this crazy thing. And, and you know, one of the questions was, what about spiritual gifts? And in that context, we see these amazing things being brought out. I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one, can, no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit church, don't forget who you are. That by the grace of God and the drawing of the Holy Spirit in your life, at one point of your life, hopefully, we all have here said, I believe in Jesus. That is by no accident. That over the course of your lifetime, the Holy Spirit drawing and calling you, and then one day finally opening up your blind eyes to see the gospel for the first time. Who remembers that day? Anyone? (laughs) I, I like interaction. Again, let's picture Alan in heaven, a little more charismatic. That's how I want to be this morning. Who remembers that day when you first saw that amazing grace of Jesus in the gospel and you thought, how, how can my sins be forgiven? I don't, I, there's just no way I can make claim to that. But then seeing Jesus' death on the cross for every single sin, past, present, and future. And then he rose again on the third day so that he has life. He imparts that life to you. Come on, somebody. Man, that day, right? That day was the day that the Holy Spirit said, now is the time. And you were able through the Spirit to proclaim Jesus is Lord. And this is all by grace. It's nothing you did. It wasn't your amazing looks. It wasn't your amazing talents. It was nothing but God's grace to say, I want you on my team. That is a gift. That is a gift. I love one of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, after he goes through and explains the gospel. Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Whenever I think about that verse, I think of all the things that have happened in my life. I'm sharing some of my testimony about how just all this weird stuff that happened in my life. You know what God has done? He's taken all those hurts and pains, things done to me, things I've done, and he has redeemed them and used them for his glory. By the grace of God, I am who I am. I walk with no regrets knowing that if something currently isn't reconciled, that one day it will be to his glory and my joy. This is phenomenal news, and it's all by grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. 
On the contrary, the Apostle Paul goes on to say, I worked harder than any of them, though, listen to what he says, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. We have all received grace. It is not by works, lest any man should boast, right? By the grace of God, we have been saved, and you are a gift because of that grace. Not that you're a gift, like some sort of self-help, like I'm here to promote your ego type thing, but by God's grace. You see, sometimes we neglect when we read these verses that he says, you know you were pagans, that you all were pagans and led astray by new idols. Speaking of our lives before Christ, we were sinners in need of grace. We were blind and we couldn't see. We were deaf and we couldn't hear. But by the grace of God, he came and gave us eyes and ears to hear and see. And we were able to say, Jesus is Lord. In 1 Corinthians 12, if you skip down to verse 18, it says, But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are what? Indispensable. Indispensable, my version says. Did you know that you're indispensable? Just let that sit for a minute. Within the context of the local body of Christ, and with all the things that are going on with COVID and political craziness, we can get so distracted from our main purpose of being the body of Christ. Because it's not, it's not something we do, it's who we are. We can get so distracted with the loss of Alan, what's going to happen to the church? You are indispensable as a person, as a Christian, as a son or a daughter of the living king. You are a gift. Say, I'm a gift. You are indispensable. And Peter said to them in Acts 2, 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So based on, I'll talk about repentance in a second, but let's bring you back to something that you've heard a million times, but hopefully today will blow your minds. Do you know that the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who hovered over the earth in the very creation, hovered over the abyss of nothingness, and the Father spoke, and the Holy Spirit created, the very Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, God dwells in you you realize that right like I feel like done this at my church so my family would be like again really but like like we should wake up every morning and think wow God dwells in me a sinner finite human blow it loser wretched man that I am God dwells with me. That's amazing. Anybody else? 
I mean, that should just blow our mind. I don't know where somewhere along the way with all the stuff we learn, we lose the simplicity of the, these amazing truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ because when we repent and be baptized, in other words, his call to salvation in Acts with the Apostle Paul or the, the Apostle Peter comes out and says these things, it should blow our mind that we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all need more spirit in your life? We need more Holy Spirit in our life. We actually, let me say it more theologically correct. We have all the Holy Spirit we need. We just don't believe it. We just don't walk in faith. The faith that we're called to walk in isn't on these like, yes, it's important to absolutely to learn the deep theological understandings of, of the Trinity and salvation by grace through faith and Calvinism, Arminianism, and all the different arguments and post-trib and pre-trib. But we can get so lost in those things and lose the fact that we are tethered to the gospel and we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us who is currently now teaching us the truths about. I mean, isn't it so cool in Romans chapter 8 where he says, that says uh, I'm just going to quote by memory, it's not on my notes, that... Um, that the Spirit cries in us that we are the Spirit that it says Abba. <laughs> I know it says Abba in there. And that the Spirit cries with our spirit, declares to our spirit that we are sons and daughters of, king, of the King. We are sons and daughters of God. That the Spirit is reminding us right now that you're a son, that you're a daughter of who you are, that you're a gift by God's grace, and that you're indispensable, that you are indispensable. So what must I do to get the Spirit to understand and believe the Spirit dwells with me? What must I do to come out of my callousness to understand how to now live based on these truths that I've been told? Well, Martin Luther opened the Reformation by nailing the 95 theses to the door of Wittenberg Cathedral. And the very first of these theses was... Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Let me read that again. Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Sound like a good time? It is. So let me redefine repentance because repentance, a lot of times we think it's penance that we're somehow paying for things and we have to like, like how many times have you blown it spiritually and then thought, okay, well, I got to make up for that by going to more Bible studies and you know what, I'm going to give a little extra this week because Jesus will really forgive me. But there's nothing wrong with those acts of obedience, but if it's to try to somehow earn, gain, please, sustain your relationship with God, it's misplaced. So your relationship is already established. Repentance is for us in that, and let me explain why it's good news. Because repentance is this. We were worshiping. We were living our lives for Christ. Our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith. And we turned. And our eyes began to go astray. And our worship goes from the living king to sin, to money, to lust, to greed, to idolatry of affirmation or comfort or whatever it may be for you. Here's what's so great about a life of repentance is we turn from worshiping that sin, entering into that sin, that idolatry. What do we turn our eyes back to, saints? To Jesus. 
And so a life of repentance is a life of worship where we join the saints and we join the angels who are constantly singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So repentance is not drudgery. It's a life of worship. And we be, when we begin to live that type of life, we begin to sense what's already true about ourselves because we're not calloused by our sins. Some of us need to repent just of being calloused. Just forgot. I forgot how amazing the simple truths of the gospel are. I forgot like, that the Holy Spirit actually dwells with me. I just simply forgot. Okay, yeah, you, you've been worshiping yourself and self-idolatry and you've been so concerned and wrapped up in your own stuff that you forgot these truths. That's okay. Repent and come back to the cross of Jesus Christ and find yourself worshiping again. Worshiping again. Because you are a gift Everybody say, I'm a gift. With a gift. Point two, with a gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, now starting in verse three, it says, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone, speaking of all those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what you do is God's gift of grace. Now notice what it says in here because when we talk about gifts, things get a little scary, right? Like when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, who wants to put a seatbelt on? Like, oh man, is he gonna start speaking in tongues or something crazy like that? Maybe. Now you're all really scared. It's like, <laughs> Zalons Church, you can't do that. <laughs> oh gosh, I'd say that a few here. And so we, we get freaked out about these like supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Let me just bring us back to some simplicity. Is service a supernatural gift to the Holy Spirit? Yes, it is. Is your activity, in other words, the way you live your life, a supernatural gift according to what we just read, empowered by God? Yes, it is. But it's up to us to be able to actually believe that the things we do are to the glory of God and our joy. It's really a call back to faith. Even our work can be a spirit-filled and gifted activity. I love this section in Exodus 31. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name um, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmen, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in the carving wood to work in every craft. He was anointed by God to do his work to build the temple. And it was amazing. And is it possible, my wife might debate me on this, but is it, is it possible to do the dishes to the glory of God and your joy? Yes, it is. Why? Because it's an activity. And is it, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, you are. You have the Holy Spirit based on your belief. Therefore, the things you do, not just preaching and teaching, not just like these gifts that kind of get the big like notoriety or notability and all these different things, but the smallest of tasks can be done to the glory of God and your joy, and that is a gift. That's a gift. 
You are a gift with a gift. Your work can be a spirit-filled, gifted activity. And, but see, the, here's the interesting thing is, is the Holy Spirit, when you believed, actually gave you a gift. Just like that scene that we saw in the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That the Holy Spirit has given you a gift. And it's your job as a Christian to pray, what is that gift and how can I use it? The problem is, is that we don't think we're gifted and we surely don't believe we're indispensable to the local church. Somewhere along the way, church became this stage-oriented thing, and I get it. The bottom line is, is that me being up here is you are more indispensable than the, the more visual gifts that are up here. But we don't see it that way. Now let me just throw some application out. This church is going to need some help the next few weeks or a few months. Let me remind you and encourage you that you have been gifted with a gift from the Holy Spirit. And you are indispensable to the future of what happens here. Start serving. Start getting involved. Find a way. If no one asks you to do anything, that doesn't get you out of it. Because <laughs> you are a part of this family a local expression of the, that you are a visible expression of the invisible reality of the body of Christ. Now the church historically has divorced itself from either word-focused or spirit-focused. Um, this has been going on for a long time, um, if you study church history. And what I mean by that is a lot of churches are either very word-doctrine-focused very stand-behind-the-pulpit, word-focused. Or they're spirit-focused, and they're all crazy. They're doing that crazy speaking in tongues and prophesying and all that stuff. And the church has slowly divided itself between these two ideas. That, oh, that's a charismatic church or a Pentecostal church or that's a Bible-teaching church. You know, those. And for some reason, it just kind of split itself. The body of Christ split itself. And I read this um, book called Word and Spirit. And it says when, kid, when a divorce happens, the kid has to choose which parent to go to. And that's what we've done as a church. That we've got, well, we want to be doctrinally focused. Well, I want to be a little more excited about Jesus. And so we've kind of done this thing. Well, what's the answer? Yes. The answer is yes. To remarry the idea of solid doctrine and Bible teaching and expository preaching with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, excitement and enthusiasm coming from the people of God. Even the word enthusiasm comes from the idea of in theos. Any guesses what that means? In, in God. Theos means God. It's okay to be enthusiastic about Jesus. Just in case you were like, wait a second, I don't know if I can be enthusiastic. I'm, you know, I'm more of a doctrinally based guy. That's okay. You can still be enthusiastic in theos, in God, about who, I mean, he saved you from your sin, y'all. It's time to bring those two ideas back. Kent, R. Kent Hughes says, gifts are not worked up to but lived into. Hear that. We can't earn them. So it does beg the question, because oftentimes we think, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, pray and then believe that you are. Why? 
Because I'm saying it in some sort of mantra? No, because it's a truth of the whole, it's, it's the Bible. Us Bible-believing, doctrinal-focused Christians need to come back to the simplicity of understanding that you can pray and believe, and that's true. It's not some sort of weird New Age thing when you claim the promises of God and live by them. Amen? Amen. And so you have the Holy Spirit. Pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can then live your life. Here's a story uh, that Francis Chan tells in, uh, in his book, um, The Forgotten God. He said, imagine I told you the Holy Spirit, God himself, comes to me and gives me the most amazing God-given ability to play basketball. Okay, everybody with me on that? And then I go to play basketball. Wouldn't you expect in that moment to see my defense increase, my shots increase, my layup never miss? Wouldn't you hope or plan on seeing some sort of difference in my life if I made that claim? And if I came and played basketball the same exact way I did the day before when before I claimed that God came to show me and how to live my life and it was the exact same, wouldn't you question my claim? Welcome to Christianity. We claim the Holy Spirit lives in us, but we are powerless against sin. May it not be so. We claim that we have God in our lives and we're some of the saddest folks that walk around. We're impatient. We don't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that should be defining us. They should be like, wow, look at the joy on that guy. Look at the peace in that person going through that crazy circumstance. Look at the love that 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 person has for people that hate him back. We have been given a power to live that kind of life. But instead we make these claims and don't show it through our lives. Now we're back to the idea of repentance. It's time to repent and believe. The scriptures also say, though, to desire them. To desire, it's a command. To desire spiritual gifts. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, the first part, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 1, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, Chapter, verse one, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. See, you are a gift with a gift. Everybody say, I'm a gift. With a gift. Now, to be a gift. You are a gift with a gift to be a gift. See, you've been given a gift, but the gift is not about you. It's about this. You've been given all that, not just so you can walk around and feel good about yourself, but to be a part of something bigger than yourself, the local body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The second part says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. See, you are part of something bigger than yourself and then you have been given a gift to be a part of that to then bless, edify, encourage those within the body of Christ. Now this church needs this right now. You need to be encouraging to one another. And whatever gift you have to start to, 
don't just be a Sunday guy. Jesus is bigger than Sunday, amen? Therefore, be a gift by God's grace. Be a gift. In 1 Corinthians 14, 12, it says, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Did you hear that? So here's some application. The application is, what can you do to build up the church? Now it's going to be different for all of us. But I know being faithful is a part of it. But I just want to throw that out there as a very kind of wide, broad stroke application. What can you personally do to strive and excel in building up this church? Write it down and then do something about it. It's that simple. Now I say that as a command and as an exhortation, but don't hear that command and exhortation outside of all that crazy, amazing truth that I just talked about. See, you're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You've been saved by grace. By grace, you are a gift. You have a gift to be a gift. And may we never forget that in between all of these things, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, that in the middle of those two, the Apostle Paul says, and I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. symbol. And if I have a prophetic powers and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And church, love never ends. You are a gift to be a gift, or you are a gift with a gift to be a gift, but may you be completely saturated with the love of God and in love for each other. Maybe that's our first step. How can you be intentional about loving somebody in this church today? And then here's something even crazier. How can you be intentional about loving somebody outside this church today? watch as you're just intentional about these truths because see faith is not just I believe we are called to walk by faith and apply these truths that we know and believe live them out to the glory of God and our joy everybody say this with me I'm a gift with a gift to be a gift Father, we come to you in Jesus' name in the power of your Holy Spirit and pray that you would now anoint us, that you would grant us 
the grace of repentance, that we may turn our worship back to you, that we would be encouraged to be involved, to jump in, to give more, to serve more, to let our activities inside and outside this church be to your glory and our joy and to earnestly desire to be anointed with spiritual manifestations and spiritual gifts, to be able to see this local body as well as outside these four walls. Know you, love you, understand you, and believe in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching of God's Word from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you and that the Word of God will fill your hearts and minds as you walk through this world. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to make a small donation to help defray the cost of this podcast, just click on the green Support Us button at the top of the webpage. Thank you.